ever stop to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners from every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special gratitude goes this week to our listeners in the countries of China, Peru, and Sweden, and in the states of Washington, Maine, and Arizona, and to all of you for helping us reach a new high of 180,000 listeners, because you keep listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on Voice America, the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. In addition to our amazing guests, I always include a tip of the week, a silver lining story, and the name of an archangel to help you grow and heal personally, professionally, and spiritually. To open up your spiritual awareness and absorb the information in today's show at a higher level of consciousness, I encourage you to say these two sentences with me. I am a peaceful soul. I am a being of light. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Self-empowerment connects you to your limitless higher self, giving you an inner foundation of love, eliminating fear, and bringing in peace and joy. Your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine, and through that love, you can heal yourself and the planet. For today's topic, your tip is observe nature. One form of meditation is to sit and relax in nature or to look outside from a comfortable spot. Enjoy the beauty of the sunset, the flowers, the birds singing. Nature is good for releasing stress. When you are helping to take care of someone who is in the process of transitioning, it's very demanding emotionally and physically. Often during these times of high stress, we neglect our own needs. It's a much wiser choice to take care of yourself. A simple walk among trees or flowers, barefoot on the earth, or near a body of water is good for the mind, body, and spirit. Nature helps to transmute the stress and negative energy and bring in healing. It is literally a breath of fresh air. When my mother was in her last days on earth, which I will talk about later in my silver lining story, I took a walk on the beach every day before and after the long day spent at the hospital. If I was going to be fully present for my mother, I needed to prepare myself before I went and then clear the sadness at the end of the day. Otherwise, I would not have had as much to give to her. The quality of my time with her was as important as the quantity. I needed to find that balance for both our sakes, and I'm glad I did. My next workshop is Past Life Group Regression. Past lives are often the source of limiting beliefs, confusing feelings of deja vu, healthy and unhealthy relationships, special talents, gifts and knowledge, fears and phobias, health problems and personal challenges. We often spend years in therapy or misery blaming our childhood for our difficulties when the source is something we brought into this life from another lifetime. Knowing those past influences can create faster and deeper change. For instance, one client had been a German soldier during World War II and was so ridden with guilt and self-hatred for his role as a guard in the concentration camps that he became an alcoholic 
and eventually committed suicide. He brought a propensity toward addiction, anxiety, and self-loathing into this life in order to heal the pain of this past life. Although this information was difficult for him to hear, it did open a door of insight. The healing can happen with more ease when there's an understanding that the soul chose the current life circumstances in order to bring up the pain, feel it, and let it go. In so doing, he will find peace. With my process, you'll discover what you need to know. Keep the positive and let go of what's hurting you. I was trained by Dr. Brian Weiss, and I use a gentle process in which you always feel safe and in control. Whether you just want to learn more about your soul's journey through different lifetimes or want to heal something in your current life, the information you're ready to know will emerge. In this workshop, you will experience two past lives with my expert guidance. Understand the reasons for your current life circumstances. Release the negative influences from your past lives. Gain new awareness and self-empowerment. Enhanced spiritual well-being and peace. And learn new techniques that I have created to help you discover past lives on your own. Please join us for this opportunity on Sunday, March 29th at 2 p.m. at the Dallas Meditation Center in Richardson, Texas. For details and registration, go to drpaulajoyce.com or click on the link on this page. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me for individual or group coaching or invite me to give a speech, lead a retreat, or present this workshop or another one like Dissolving Fear and Anxiety or 21 Steps for Healing Your Body. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. This positive approach to life is especially important since 2020 is a year of choice. As Dwan Washington told us in our January 2nd show, what we choose this year will affect us in the world for the next 20 years. I encourage you to commit to choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. My show provides you with new information on health and healing, with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, joy, and positivity. As we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go, we open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today, Deborah Diamond, who's here to talk about death is about living, not dying. Our episode on verifiable military encounters with extraterrestrials, which was scheduled for last week, will be rescheduled because we were not able to connect with our guest. Here's what I did instead in order to provide value for you. The first part of the show was the same as always with my sharing a tip of the week, a silver lining story, and information about an archangel. I then spoke about my experiences with extraterrestrials because ETs engender a lot of fear and we are also living in a time when fear is increasing due to climate change, stock market volatility, natural disasters, war, civil violence, presidential elections in the United States and everyday life. It is increasingly important that we regularly cleanse ourselves of all negative energies, and put protection around ourselves. Consequently, I use part of the episode to take everyone through a guided meditation for cleansing and energetic protection. 
I shared the one that I do every morning upon waking and every evening before sleep. I even use it if I wake up during the middle of the night. By clearing the negative energy, I'm usually able to fall back asleep with ease. Just like we cleanse our body every day, we need to cleanse our energy field too. You can use the on-demand show to replay this guided meditation until you have it memorized, or you may enjoy listening to my voice and just continue to let me guide you through it. If you miss this show, I encourage you to listen by clicking on the episode link on this page. For more on clearing negativity, please listen to some of our shows like March 12th, 2015 with Rabbi David Stern, Fear, Friend or Foe. September 22nd, 2016 with Stefan Schwartz, Create Change by Making Compassionate, Life-Affirming Choices, and June 2nd, 2016 with Natalie Baudin, Forgiveness, Positive Thinking, and Unconditional Love. You can hear these shows or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access anytime, day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or when you need hope, comfort, or inspiration. Whenever it is, I'm here for you. For added value, read my new blog titled Speak Up. Here's an excerpt. The antidote to fear is action. That's why it's essential that you not listen to the people who want to silence you. There are many ways to be heard. Posting on Facebook and other social media is one way. You can also find like-minded people and join local groups to feel the support of community. Decide which causes are most important to you and volunteer and or contribute money. Whatever you choose to do, do it in a way that is consistent with who you are. Have honest conversations with people. You will soon discover who comes from an open, loving heart and who doesn't. Then you can make conscious choices about who you want to be around. To read this blog or any of my others, please go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, or click on the link on this page. Now it's time for my silver lining story. My mother had had a stroke. Her friend found her on the floor and told us her eyes were vacant. It was like looking at glass. The doctor said she was not receiving information. I just figured they didn't know about mother's determination. And besides, miracles happen all the time. I went to the hospital directly from the airport and started talking to her from the hallway. She turned her head toward me, and by the time I got to her bedside, she knew me. Her left hand was squeezing mine, and in her characteristic fashion, she rubbed my thumb in a repetitive fashion. When her fingers discovered the ring that she had bought me, she showed joy that I was wearing it. We had most of the afternoon to ourselves before my sister arrived. Despite the doctor's diagnosis, we had complete communication. Mom understood everything I was saying and I was able and was able to express her needs and the complete range of emotions through facial expressions, gestures and body language. Although our mother was fully alert and interactive with my sister and me, she was unresponsive to the physical therapist, the speech therapist, and the nurses. Later, Gail said it was like we were communicating through ESP. My understanding of it was that we were communicating with her soul. Her friend and the nurses were right. She wasn't there in the physical sense, but her soul was there for her daughter's. She did respond to a regular doctor who she adored, and the feeling was returned. Mother was able to track his flashlight with her eyes. His response to this was to tell her and us that she would speak and walk again. This was our glimmer of hope that we hung on to for four days until the reality became overwhelmingly apparent to us. This hope, however, had been our entry into the most intense communication I have ever experienced. Without it, we might not have believed that we were really communicating with her. We responded to her requests. We cleaned and brushed her hair. I massaged her head when she indicated she had a headache, and Gail rubbed her favorite facial cream on her face. As I spoke to her, 
you could visibly see the worry lines and the resistance disappear as she settled back into her pillow. By the end of the week, it became clear that mother was drifting farther and farther away from us. She didn't want us to hold her hand anymore, and her eyes were closed most of the time. The CAT scan confirmed that she had no receptive or receptive or expressive language. At one point, I noticed she was only tracking my sister with her eyes. I realized I had released mother and Gail hadn't. She was tracking Gail, waiting for her to be willing to let her move on. There was no way she was going anywhere until she knew Gail was ready. By the end of the day, Gail gave our mother permission to let go if that was what she wanted. As we were leaving, we turned to each other and said, she looks like her mother. Neither of us had ever seen a resemblance before. In retrospect, I'm certain her mother came to help her transition. We said goodnight, walked out of the room, and then noticed mother had turned on her side facing away from us. Gail went back in and asked if she wanted company. Very, mother very clearly shook her head no and refused Gail's hand. Just like earlier in the day, when she emphatically shook her head no in response to my offer to play her favorite album, she was trying to rid herself of her connection to this world and didn't want any stimulation that would keep her here. She transitioned that night. On the last morning we were in Florida, I picked an angel card as I always did before I could think about what it was. I felt the strong need to go out on the terrace. I saw a beautiful rainbow and knew mother had come to say goodbye and to tell us that she was in heaven and we should feel the same joy she was experiencing. Later, when I looked at my angel card, I saw the word transformation and a picture of a rainbow. Our guest, Dr. Deborah Diamond, is a former Wall Street money manager, regular CNBC commentator, and professor at Johns Hopkins University who left a high-profile life to pursue a life of purpose and spirituality. She has an MBA from George Washington University and a PhD from the Esoteric Interfaith Theological Seminary. Deborah is an author, speaker, teacher, and psychic medium. Her new book is Diary of a Death Doula, 25 Lessons the Dying Teach Us About the Afterlife. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paul of the Life Doctor. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And Mother Teresa said, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. If you believe this while listening to the commercials, go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, to like and recommend us on Facebook. Then friend Paula Joyce, and I'll send uplifting messages between shows and help you be part of the solution. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. Also, read about and register for my new workshop, Past Life Group Regression, or contact me to schedule one in your area. Your question for today is, what questions do you have about the transition process? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Deborah Diamond, who's here to talk about death is about living, not dying. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. 
Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and reimaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula at drpaulajoyce.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and it's a top-ranked show. When you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you, or if you want to help sponsor the show, make a donation, or become part of the conversation today, please call 888-346-9141 or email drpaula at drpaulajoyce.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down what questions you have about the transition process. I'm so pleased to welcome Deborah Diamond, who's here to talk about death is about living, not dying. Deborah, thank you so very much for joining us today. Hi, Paula. Thank you for having me. Um, well, you're welcome. I, your book um, and and the information that you have um, garnered over the years of your deep um, interest in this area is so wonderful. Um, I'm wondering what um, happened that you left this amazing, successful career on Wall Street and and then in in two thousand and eight or seven, wherever it was, something happened that changed your life. Just fill us in quickly, um, so we can get a context, and then let's talk more about um, death is about living, not dying. Okay, sure, Paula. Um, so yes, I had a. Um Extraordinary experience uh, in 2007. Um, I I think these experiences are not as uncommon as people think. I think it's just that people don't discuss them. But um, I was in the investment business for many years. I was a money manager on Wall Street. And um, when I was in the investment business, I always kind of knew things, but I didn't know how I knew things. Um, And of course, in the investment business, no one talks about being psychic. Um, so I just assumed I had pretty good instincts or intuition. Um, in 2007, I decided to take an intuition development class in New York because I figured I had good intuition and it would just be fun and an opportunity to tune it up. Um, I went up to New York for the class. I don't live there. And, uh, it was a weekend class. And on Saturday morning, we were practicing some exercises, some low-key exercises, and I was getting everything. Um, I didn't know how that was possible, but I wasn't too concerned about it because they were pretty low-key. We took a break, and when we came back, the teacher said, now we're going to do a seance. And um, I was pretty surprised by that, and it's not anything that I particularly wanted to do, but... um, I thought, well, you know, it was still Saturday morning. The class went through Sunday afternoon. We'll just do this one exercise, this seance, and then we'll move on. Nothing's going to happen anyway. So she put us in a meditative state, and she said, I'll take you out of the meditation, and then you let me know if you see anyone. And so I figured, well, I'm I'm not going to see anyone, so this doesn't pertain to me. 
Um, we meditated. She took us out of the meditation, and then she said, does anyone see anyone? And I looked around the room, and everyone was looking at each other. Um, I raised my hand, and she said, yes, Deborah, what do you see? And I said, I see about 50 people. These were people who had passed. So I was seeing loved ones of mine who had passed. I was seeing loved ones of people in the room, and then just some random people um, who weren't associated with anyone in the room. Um, the teacher said, well, if you see someone in the corner of the room, chances are they go with someone sitting in that corner. So I said, well, I do see someone in the corner. It was a man, Hispanic, a dark hair, handlebar mustache, big white teeth. And as I began to describe him, the woman in the corner uh, began to sob. And she said, um, I know who that is. That was my fiance. He died two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman asked me if she could show me pictures on her cell phone during the break, and I said yes, and she asked if I would be able to identify him from the pictures, so I, I knew I could because I'd seen him. So during the break, she flipped through some pictures on her cell phone, and I pointed to one and said, yeah, that's him. She said, yes, that's him, and now she had wanted to hear from him. She believed in all this, and... Um, had been very disappointed because she'd not heard from him. So she was very grateful to me for making this connection. And she hugged me and she thanked me. Um, Now, I come from a very different environment. I come from Wall Street and there are no hugs or thank yous on Wall Street. So (laughs) I knew that I had done something memorable and meaningful for her, but um, I was very overwhelmed by all of it. Um, I continued in that class over the weekend, and uh, Sunday night, I drove back home, and on my way home, I called one of my sons. I have three sons, but this one's very linear and very logical and scores high on logic tests. So I called him, and I told him what happened, and he listened to me, and when I was all done, he said, well, that makes sense. We're just energy, and the energy has to go somewhere. So that gave me a context for understanding what had happened. I was still pretty overwhelmed. I didn't talk to anyone about it because people don't talk about these things. But um, uh, eventually, uh, about three or four months later, I went out to Taos, New Mexico that summer to paint because I'm also a painter. And I rented a place for two months to to go out there and paint. Um, At the end of the two months, I decided, well, I'm not going home, and uh, I decided to stay there. I didn't know why, but I just decided to stay. And I ended up staying a number of years, and this is where I began to unpack the energy and work with it and uh, teach classes and do readings. Um, Eventually, I came back east. Um, I felt like my time in Taos was done, and eventually I came back east thinking that um, I would not be doing any more of this uh, kind of work about consciousness and, and whatnot, but um, that's not what happened. I When I came back, I was approached by an individual who'd had a near-death experience who asked if I would do reading for her, which I did, and then uh, from there, just, you know, people heard about me. So I um, uh, began to do some sort of uh, practice, um, and then eventually I was asked to do a reading for a famous near-death experiencer in Washington, D.C., And um, I went to D.C. to read for this person, and he was a person who'd had an NDE near-death experience and came back with unusual abilities and gifts that he didn't have prior to the experience. Um, I did the reading. It was an unusual reading because psychics see things in symbols, and the symbols I was being shown were not typical, but... Um, I returned home that night and I thought, you know, why does he have these abilities and gifts? What's he supposed to do with them? And what about other people? What do they get, if anything, and why are they getting them? So I Googled NDE After Effects and I found out there hadn't been any research done. So I decided to do the research. Uh, Now, it's not that um, unusual because uh, the first 10 years on Wall Street, I was a healthcare research analyst. So I knew how to do conventional research. So, um, you know, so I ended up doing research on near death experience after effects, which were not part of the conversation at that time, but um, are now. And um, I uh, eventually wrote a book about cases that I investigated, and the name of that book is Life After Near Death. 
miraculous stories of healing and transformation and the extraordinary lives of people with newfound powers. Um, so that, uh, you know, continued this path of investigating the afterlife consciousness, uh, life after death and life after near death. So um, now I had wanted to, you know, about being a death doula, um, my mother passed away a number of years ago, and uh, at end of life, we brought hospice in, and they were really great. They were wonderful, I think, as anybody who's dealt with hospice will tell you. Um, at one point, one of the folks from hospice handed me a piece of paper and said, you might want to read this. I didn't know what it was. I set it aside, but eventually I picked it up, and it said, if the body's ready, and the soul isn't, you don't leave. And if the soul is ready and the body isn't, you don't leave. If the soul is ready and the body's ready, then you leave. So that was very, that, that really uh, was a new concept to me because up until then I had thought of death as something like what you might see in the movies, you know, a thunderbolt from from the heavens comes down and all the secrets of the universe are unveiled, you know, something very dramatic, but it's not like that. It's more like birth. It's a process. And, um, so, you know, this was something new. I mean, this hospice professional was telling me death is a process. It involves body and soul. So I thought about that. It made a big impression on me. And I thought, you know, at some point I want to get involved in hospice. Um, and um, eventually I trained to become a death doula. Death doulas are people who um, get involved at end of life supporting uh, those who are, who are dying and their families at times. Um, and uh, eventually I trained to be a doula and uh, to focus specifically on folks who are actively dying. And actively dying is considered the last 24 to 48 hours of life. So um, I knew I could do that because I'm, I'm a medium as well as a psychic. And I, I mean, it sounds kind of strange, but I uh, talk to dead people all the time. So I, I just, you know, knew that that wouldn't bother me. So that's kind of how I got there. And um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, I guess that hopefully answers your question. But if, you know, if you have other questions about it, we can keep chatting. Um, no, I, I appreciate your giving us the context. And I was wondering why why the phrase death is about living, not dying. Well, because, you know, my book, Diary of a Death Doula, 25 Lessons of Dying Teach Us About the Afterlife, um, has life lessons life lessons in the uh, book about uh, various aspects of what happens at end of life. Um, Because until you actually die, you're still alive. So, you know, we tend to think of of people who are dying in many cases as already gone. You know, in some cases when someone goes to the hospital or they go to hospice, nobody even comes to visit them because they think, well, they're already you know, it's, they're gone. In, in someone's mind, it's like the book is closed. But, you know, in fact, you know, they're still alive. And there's still plenty that goes on. And even with a patient who is um, unconscious, uh, they, they may be non you know, they may be unresponsive, but there's still there's still consciousness taking place. So, so, and, and even earlier than that, you know, because uh, those are in the last stages of, of uh, actively dying, um, people enter hospice, you know, up to six months or, or more sometimes before they pass. And so at, at, at that stage, they're still very much here and present and, and uh, alive and a person and an individual with all the you know, complications and complexities that everyone has. So, um, uh, you know, they, they I, I believe, should not be looked at just as a patient, you know, which is what happens to many people once they go in, you know, they start having medical treatment um, or are in hospice. Um, they're, they're a person, they're an individual and should be, you know, dealt with and treated as such. So I think that's an important lesson. 
Um, and um, that's, you know, you asked about death is about living. I mean, because, you know, we are living up until that moment when we pass. Um, I appreciate that. And we need to go to break now. So we'll be back um, in, in, in just a minute. While you're listening to the commercials, go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, to sign up for my newsletter. You receive the information on all our shows in the chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Albert Einstein talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self-empowerment. On your paper, Write down what have you learned about the process of passing to the other side. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Deborah Diamond, who's here to talk about death is about living, not dying. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula at drpaulajoyce.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down what you've learned today about the process of passing to the other side. And remember to listen at the end of the show today to learn about Archangel Michael and how he can help you. I'm so glad we're here with Deborah Diamond talking about death is about living, not dying. Um, And and, uh, Deborah, you have um, like 25 lessons um, here that uh, you've learned and that you think are important uh, as as people are passing to the other side. One of them is, um, you say, as we ascend, we pass through ever higher levels of consciousness. Would you talk to us a little bit about that, please? Sure, I'd be happy to, Paula. Um, at end of life, you know, when someone... Uh, comes to visit a patient at hospice or in the hospital or even at home, someone who's actively dying, they might walk into the room and see that person in bed looking, it looks as if no one's home. And um, 
but in fact, there's quite a lot going on there. It's just that it's it's um, unfolding in the invisible world, and for most people, they're not able, you know, of course, to see that. But you know, some of the things that take place are that people journey um, as they transition at end of life. They are out of body, and they. Um, may visit um, memorable places from their youth. They may visit with uh, loved ones and friends who've passed over. They may even visit their new home on the other side. And um, this is all part of the process at, uh, you know, of dying. Um, as I said, people can't see it here, but you know, some people you know, who, who are bedside with the patient may have had the experience where the loved one is talking to someone. But, you know, there seems to be a one-sided conversation going on, and the uh, patient may, may say something and then wait and then say something else and then wait. You know, so in that case, they may be talking to somebody from spirit who's in the room, a loved one from spirit. And uh, loved ones from spirit do visit um, regularly um, at end of life, and they come in to provide comfort and support. Um, in, in terms of the journeying and the transitioning at end of life, um, what appears to happen is that the patient is out of body and a journeying to a higher dimension or higher dimensions at end of life. And every time they do that, it seems as if they pick up a little more consciousness each time. There's something that happens in that process. I, I don't know. I mean, none of us really know what it is, but it seems as if they, they pick up some consciousness and then they return and they return to their bodies. And at the same time that they're increasing their consciousness, their physical body is declining. So there are two things happening at the same time. Um, and that process continues. Uh, you know, they journey, they pick up consciousness, they come back into their bodies. They journey and then they come back. And it, it seems as if what happens at end of life is that in this journeying process, they're uh, uh, picking up consciousness until the point where at end of life, uh, when they... Uh, physical terminal uh, end of life, um, they are, you know, totally expanded consciousness and their physical body is no more. So I think that's part of the process. Now, when I mention this in my talks, and there are either doulas in the audience or hospice chaplains, they all are nodding along because they've all seen this. And um, I was actually having dinner with a friend who's a hospice chaplain a few months ago, and she was asking me about the book, Diary of a Death Doula. And uh, she asked about what's the most important, uh, you know, uh, finding in the book. And I mentioned this issue of enhanced consciousness. And she said to me, you know, that makes sense. Now, you have to understand hospice chaplains deal with patients from the time that they enter hospice. So these patients may be, you know, totally with it uh, when the hospice chaplain is is uh, meeting them and talking to them and then engaging with them over, you know, some period. It could be a period of months. Um, I sit with patients who are actively dying and these patients uh, are not communicative. So it's, it's a different thing. But um, the, my friend, the hospice chaplain was saying, I know exactly what you're talking about because when I see these patients, I know that they're traveling. I know that they're journeying. I know they're out of body. And every time they come back, they're a little bit different. So, you know, there's someone who is with these patients for long periods of time and tracking them over time and seeing difference, differences in them as, as they go through this process. So all of that, you know, um, I hope answers your question about journeying to higher dimensions um, and, you know, that just seems to be very much what, what is happening and what uh, the end-of-life process is about. Um, fascinating. And, yes, I appreciate everything that you're saying. And it tracks 
with the experiences I've had with people who are passing. Um, there's a, 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 your lesson 20 also intrigued me. Personal items add energy and love to a patient's room. And I, I just want to preface before you answer this that um, when a, a, a very close friend was passing and she was an artist and she had pancreatic cancer, so she was in hospice at the hospital for a few weeks and um, the walls were bare so I painted something for her that she could put on the wall and um, and she was so appreciative so talk to us a, a little bit about that and why it's important well I think in your case you know you did something to show your love you know to demonstrate your love for your friend and show you know what I was referring to earlier that they weren't gone yet. They were still here and, you know, you were still exchanging love and support for them. So I think that's that's wonderful. Um, what I was referring to in the book is that, um, you know, in many rooms at hospice, um, you know, a patient comes in and they, you, you know, you enter the room and they're in bed and the TV's on and that's kind of it. You know, there's not a whole lot else in the room. Um, occasionally, you know, you'll be in a room where there's some flowers or there might be a, um, a bulletin board or something with some cards. But, um, you know, the, the objects that are important to us that we surround ourselves with carry our energy. And, um, you know, for instance, if you're a collector and you've collected objects, let's say, from your travels, um, you know, those contain personal memories, they contain your energy, they contain, um, you know, the energy of memorable events, all of that. And, you know, all of that can be, you know, can uh, be added to the room to raise the energy and vibration of the room and to let the patient know, you know, they're not forgotten, they're still they're still being thought of, they're still being tended to emotionally, even if they can't respond and say that they, they know it. Um, they'll know it, you know. So, um, you know, I know you've you've spoken about energy and and whatnot on you know vibrations and all on your show, and um, you know, is these are very important. You know, it's very important to tend to that as well as the physical body. I mean, hospice and you know our medical um, protocols uh, tend to the physical body, but there's more to us than just the physical body. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. Um, and and yes, and as your son said, everything is energy, and so um, we do feel it, even um, when we can't see it or or consciously know that it's there. And that takes me to a, another um, point that you make. And we only have two minutes, but if if you could quickly share with us, there's a lot of controversy about whether people who are in a coma or who are sleeping or appear to be unconscious, whether they can hear us when we're talking to them. Yeah, no, no, they definitely hear us. Well, I mean, in hospice training, they do train you that, you know, the last sense to go is hearing. So, um, you know, patients can hear you right up until the end. And um, I suspect that, you know, many of their senses are more intact than we believe because there's, you know, anecdotal evidence to suggest that they know when someone enters the room, that they even know what time it is. And, you know, they're not wearing watches and they don't, you know, they don't have any need for a watch. But um, their senses, yes, are intact. And it's important to be sensitive to that because I think many people think that, Patients can't hear you, and they may be, you know, uh, friends and family and loved ones may be sitting bedside talking about things that, you know, either having an argument or talking about things that might be disturbing. Um, This is not the time, you know, when a patient is in hospice to do that. They do hear you. So, you know, just to be sensitive of that. Thank you. And also to say things that you may not have said when they were conscious, but you need to say and they need to hear. Thank you so very much, Deborah, for um, for all the work that you do and for being on this show and sharing um, so much important information with us. I encourage everyone to purchase Deborah's book, Diary of a Death Doula, and also to go to her website, Deborah Diamond Psychic. 
Com. And I want to thank all of you for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to drpaulajoyce.com, like us on Facebook, and register for my new workshop, Past Life Group Regression. Read my latest blog and learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, reading the Akashic Records, Past Life Regressions. Um, space clearings, dream interpretation, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Dissolving Fear and Anxiety, Overcoming Abuse, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Discovering Hope and Silver Linings. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount. And my coaching, which I, in, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone, when you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their wealth, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. I also want to introduce you to Archangel Michael, who helps souls transition to the other side. Ask for his help in addition to whoever else you pray to in order to help someone transition. Use your own words or say something like, Archangel Michael, I give you permission in a positive way only to help my mother transition. You can even be more specific and say something like, I give you permission in a positive way only only to help my mother transition with ease and without fear. Pay attention to signs, synchronicity, and new information. This is a process, not an event. Trust that he is helping because he is. Please join us next Thursday right here when Sharon McAllister will speak with us about awakening your crystals. March 12th when Trisha Barker will be here to talk about angels in the operating room. And on March 19th when Kathleen O'Keefe Canavos will return, this time to discuss chaos to clarity. I want to hear what's on your heart and mind, so please keep sending me your questions, comments, and silver lining stories. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Dr. Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Bless you and have a beautiful week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a positive week.